what is up everybody welcome back to this podcast um i just am relaxing here in my shed it's been a nice day we had a little bit of snow and now i get to hang out with you guys and um and that makes me happy i like thinking that there's more than just me going on in this shed and um yeah that it's just a, a nice feeling to be a part of all of your guys' lives and you guys be a part of my life. It uh, feels like community. So thank you for being here and thank you for the support that, that we've had so far. Uh, it's been awesome. So let's jump into more of the same. <laughs> and uh, this journey, you know, if you couldn't tell, is a journey of light. And it's a journey of rediscovery, I guess. It's just like uh, uh, taking my masks off. Uh, it's, a, it's, you know, the typical hero's journey, not to put any real titles onto this journey, but it's just a, a discovery of the self. And it's a discovery of what's out there. And it all feels really similar. It's, a, it's the journey toward light, Wisdom, love, God, me. And every time I get a clue, it's like sniffing out these scents, and they are all leading to a familiar place. They're all leading to the same direction. So they all feel like the same concept. So when I say one thing, you can substitute it for the other. It seems that way. That just in this case, I'm not. I'm, this isn't me being like, this is what you need to think. This is me being like, this is just the way that I think about things. And it's been uh, really helpful to understand certain concepts. Not, this, not to assume that I understand concepts, but it's been a fun way to think and play with my thoughts that help stories and myths and parables just sink in a little bit deeper. Understanding that I don't know everything and that I shouldn't take everything for face value or for what is literally said, or in just a, such a bold materialistic way that maybe there's the incorporeal flip side of the corporeal concepts that are being presented. So just a, more of a multidimensional view on different concepts or even words or even the intention or the setting uh, behind the myths, behind the stories that we hear that are passed around in our communities, but also the stories and the myths that we tell ourselves. Deconstructing these stories and seeing the why, why is this even, what, what part of this resonates? And then once you come to one understanding, it's like peeling that onion back and there's another whole city of understanding on an entirely different level. And that's the perfection of the parables, and that's the perfection of the myths, and that's how they're so timeless, and they can teach so much, and one person can get so much out of it. Um, and it's it's entirely different than maybe the other person, not maybe entirely differently, but then the magic happens when they share those perspectives together. The artist can only art so much and have so much art in their house and it's all, it's all perfect. It's all a perfection because it's an intentional art piece that this person put or trying to portray a higher truth or a higher message that they hold so dearly to themselves. But the magic happens 
when the audience is introduced. And it's the way that it makes them feel, and it's the interpretation that they have on it that makes the art timeless. And it's their willingness to be open to the artist's expression of themselves that makes somebody even able to consider the meaning behind the art. And that's the difference between the perusers in a museum and the cruisers in a museum. The perusers are taking their time and they're reading the things and they're trying to understand the context of why this image was even created. Why was this art arted? Who drew this? Why did they draw it? What were they trying to portray? And you'll see people walking around art museums and they'll be crying. And it's because they've come to a sort of an aha moment that these parables and these legends and these myths give us as well. And those that that is the importance of the understanding to not be such a formist, so concentrated on the material form that's right in front of you, the physical object, and just being pigeonholed to its immediate existence in your timeline, when instead you can be grateful for the, and zoom out, you could zoom out, Zoom out a little bit and relax into the bigger picture that's going on. And you can see things, how they're fitting into your life. And it all becomes this big art. And then you can become not so worried about what type of art you're bringing to the table. But you can be a player in this big game, in this big life experience by putting yourself in the shoes of the audience and not being a critical audience and not being a cruiser in a museum who just needs to get out of there. I told my mom I wouldn't say the F word anymore. Well, I told my mom I would try. <laughs> I only say that because I just about launched it, but mom kept the missiles at bay. So getting back to the story you could be the audience and that takes the burden off of being such a creator and as you become the audience and you become an, a grateful audience and you become more of a, a zoomed out perspective audience and not just a critical everything's under a microscope I need to just see if this is a right angle or not. And if it's not, then the whole thing is bunk. Talks the whole, it's worthless. You know, if it doesn't make me hungry, then it's not, I'm not having it. Type of a view of art. It's a very cocoa melon attention span view of art. There's, and that's not a problem. It's just the reality that there's way more to art than just the thing that is. There's way more to a story than trying to figure out when it happened in our timeline of experience. There's way more to understand about the story than if it even happened or not. Now, these stories are learning tools. These stories are like compasses that just are pointing to a direction of a thought wave that you can ride to come to certain levels of understanding. And the beauty of them is that there's no, no rush. There's no hurry to come to the understandings. There's no timeline. These books have been around for years. 
I mean, the legends and the myths are as timeless as um, ancient civilizations that go back years. And those myths and parables are the things that these ancient people accredit to the development of their mind and their civilizations and their communities. And it's all this understanding and the pursuit of the knowledge, the wisdom, the unity, the God, the love, the light, and the, the pursuit of understanding yourself and how you play a part in this grand scheme of things, whether you like it or not. You sitting there being critical in any way is playing a part in the bigger picture. Now you sitting there looking around and being grateful as an observer in this beautiful museum that God put in front of us, that we put our, that we have around ourselves, at all times, we can become this. That's how to escape and free your mind and become the bonds have been broken and everything can become lifted and your vision become elevated by basking in this museum, in this the perfectness of everything that's going on in your life right now that's bringing you to these levels of understanding and showing you different um, parts of who you are as a person. So let's get into maybe why I'm even talking about the, the, you know, the, the, let's just jump into this right here. It's the divine commandment, which commandment is a word that I'm kind of dissecting right now. And I'm trying to come up with maybe a different meaning that feels a little less demanding from an undemanding and unconditional um, love God. So I'm trying to understand how that plays into to it all, but it feels it, um, it feels like we're getting close here. So when somebody went up to Jesus, they asked, what is the greatest commandment of all? And he said, well, first he said, the Lord our God is one Lord, which gets into the unity concept of everything. And thou shalt love thy Lord, thy God, with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like unto this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, and there is no other commandments greater than these. The reason being, let's just dissect the whole thing, is love thy God with all thy might, with all thy heart, is the way that we can understand what love even means. We're given and basically uploaded this corny Hollywood version of what love is, and it's very conditional, and it's, it is demanding, and it is uh, like a one-way egotistic street because it's something that you do. It's an action that needs to be reciprocated, so it's basically this 
um, invisible contract that happens where I'm going to love you and I expect love in return or else you don't love me. And then it's this expectation game and this dance between, and that's not love. So there is something that Paul said that's really impacted me. And it said, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So the do not conform part to the teachings of the world, it's like what Jesus said to be in the world but not of the world. Basically breeding these spiritual conspiracy theorists. (laughs) And if you're even still listening to this, you're probably a little bit of a conspiracy theorist or maybe a skeptical person as it is because, and that's a a healthy thing to do because the world around us should be questioned at all times and that's part of learning and that's part of introspection and it's part of understanding who you are as a person and it is strengthening you as you question things. Things should be questioned so that they can be understood. Concepts and darkness should be sat with so that they could be understood and learned about, and then they don't become darkness, and they're not even concepts anymore, and you just understand, and you can just walk having known what that darkness just taught you. And it, as the darkness turns to light, it joins the greater light. When the darkness is illuminated, the illuminated darkness is not even a concept anymore and it transcends its transcends its past reality and joins into the greater good and that's the role of the alchemist that we are that's the role of the 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 type of person that we can become as we grow into this understanding of how love operates what love is which is how god works with the rules of unconditional love he is that unconditional love and so are we so the rule so the 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 rules of the game i guess you could call a commandment is what it feels like it feels more like these are these are rules of once you're if you're playing the game then these are being understood instead of like hey if you don't do this then you're in trouble because that's a very modern day father son approach that i feel Maybe I'm projecting onto God instead of allowing God to just be and teach the way that he does, which is just by letting me live my life fully autonomously and soaking up the surroundings that are before me and learning as I do like a viewer of the play. But the the great rule of the game is to understand that God is one and all is God and God is all. And then... Love your, thy neighbor as thyself. So you can only, this is like a, to, this is to say that you can only love your neighbor the way that you love yourself. And this is not a rule, it's not a rule, it's not a commandment that you should do that. It's a natural law. Meaning you can only love your neighbor to the extent that you love yourself. You ju- which means also that, it's a, this is the mirror concept. This is the as within, so without concept. And Jesus has been teaching it the whole time. He taught it in the Lord's Prayer. He taught it as above, so below, as within, so without is, a, is, is in the Lord's Prayer. 
as the universe, so the soul, all this, it's all the same. To be grateful for everything and you'll be grateful for all. The Lord is everything and all is the Lord. Um, so back to the, this concept of you, you do only, he, he meant to say, unless, unless if Jesus, when Jesus commanded that to be, then from that point out, we began as a people to love our neighbor at the, the way that we love ourselves. Like he maybe have implemented the mirror concept into everybody's consciousness as he commanded that, but that seems like a lot. I think that maybe he was just being the teacher and telling people that this is just how your consciousness works. It's how your consciousness operates. So we hold other people to the same restrictions as we hold ourselves. Let me give you a story. Somebody who says that they love their kids. Okay, let's do this. If a, if a mom says that they love their kids and that's what they ba- they're basing their identity off of, yet they, and then they when their kid gets in the car... They love their kids by telling the, the kid to put their seatbelt on, okay? Put the seatbelt on, put the seatbelt on. And when the kid does it, the mom feels like she loved the kid. Now, then when that mom, let's say this, when that, that's how she feels like she loved the kid. So when that person goes into a car and doesn't have their seatbelt on and somebody doesn't tell that person, the mom, to put their seatbelt on, that person's going to feel unloved because that's the way that they love the child. That's the way they show the love. So they, they're actually waiting for them, for other people to hold themselves to the restrictions that they hold themselves to. So people who are avoidant are, are running from portions of themselves. They're running from themselves. If they're running, if you are running from the world, there is a part of you that is running within. So what? How do you then, instead of projecting a muddled up, dirty, like traumatic version of love onto somebody else, which is just damaging and which is not going to work out unless if you both share the same damaged mutual view of what love is, then you can trauma bond and um, and you can create a life that way. Or you can begin to understand what love is and how to love yourself. And that's the part about Um, not going with the world, being in the world, but not of the world and questioning things and trying to understand things. And as you understand, you begin to see what is possible, the light at the end of the tunnel and what unconditional love means by implementing it into yourself. And as you love yourself more, 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 and allow things to allow your past to have played itself out already and not to hold yourself like memories are ego anchors identity anchors we have a memory and we tend to identify as someone who went through this experience which is limiting which is holding you 
a part of you in the past which is not experiencing the entire the entirety of the now the entirety of this moment which is a really special moment that I'm so grateful I get to share with you and as we sit in this moment the connection between those who do sit in the moment gets stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and that's you hopefully you can be in the moment a lot and then it's like a it's like a muscle that begins to start flexing and the ability to stay in the moment becomes it like the pursuit it becomes the thing to do at all times um basically seated meditation is really good for sitting and understanding the things that come up and getting to know what's wrong seated meditation is listening and learning to listen to yourself learning to listen there was a story of somebody who asked an enlightened person where do i start and he said what do you hear and he started listening and when he began to speak he said ah uh-uh, what do you hear and he he's like i don't know it's just not getting there and he's like ah uh-uh. and he went into a deep 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 form of listening and the master or whatever said we'll start there so as we take that approach to life just a listener's approach then we really start to hear how nature has been teaching us what unconditional love means all along. And we listen to ourselves, the whining and complaining that goes on in our own minds, the victim mentality, and we can soothe it by easing into, and ju- just letting go of it really, but letting easing into the oneness that is that nature is teaching us, that all the enlightened teachers, the Brahman, the Buddha nature, the Christ, the consciousness, the the love and the light. And just the state of humility, letting everything happen and not feeling the need to put your name and to dominate anything, to let it all be free. Just as an artist is free to express itself, so is life. So is God free to express And so are we. But it's when we get caught up in just our own personal work and we expect and demand the attention and praise of others that we get lost from the great museum when we try to go start our own museum. Like, look what I can do. I can compete with the great museum. And sure, we'll probably get a couple fans and a couple dollars here and there. But... It is when we humble ourselves and return to the great museum that we can feel the oneness with how everything has been interacting the whole time. And that it, it's not about the, in, the individual museums. It's about the feeling that's in there and whatever you can do to contribute to the addition uh, like the like a uh, an addition of that's the light that's the great light is that state of unconditional love and I guess turning life into a it's reverence it's turning life into just a massive gratitude experience 
It's really, it's really intimate. It's taking every step intentionally. Being careful with what you say. Not careful, but being intentional with what you say. It's intentional. It's intimate. It's raw. It's what's going on is what's going on. And you're fully aware of it. It's, it's the non-distracted life. It's a consecrated life. And guess what? I feel like that's what commandment or rule of the game number one is. It's to have no other gods before me. Meaning there is no greater journey than, than the destination by setting your sails toward God. Toward this sense of freedom and liberation, the light, the wisdom, and learning and growing, which is learning and growing about your about. There's nothing to learn and there's nothing to grow. The light is always and it is massive and it does not need the support necessarily of an individual light. So there's nothing to learn. There is only that to ease back into, to reconnect with. And we can use our consciousness to free ourselves from the walls that we've put up against the light. And we are in charge. It's like Fortnite. We're in charge of building these walls. And I became a really good builder for a long period of my time for the sake of survival. I felt like there was a lot going on in my life where maybe I needed to build these fortresses around certain emotions and these fortresses around certain events and these fortresses around memories that I could not let anybody see or I could not let anybody find. And that's where I was burying my loot. And then I would go out just as a scavenger instead of enjoying the world that was just given to me for free to go play in and explore and experience. I felt the need to just hide things. I felt the need to bury my treasure or my skills or my talents because I'm in survival mode and that's lack mentality. Meanwhile, there's cities and towns. There's the shifty shafts to go explore. <laughs> There's so like life is abundance and we've been given this abundance and it's freedom and it's the light. And it's warm and it's comfortable. So back to the great commandment, the way to live. So what is it that you need to do? That's another thing that happened. Well, what am I supposed to do? Jesus said, not that you do things just because that's what he said, but because he said it, it is a thing to reflect on. And it is said as a commandment, which is a really bold context for those texts, means that there's a point of emphasis on why this was said, the understanding that all is the one, and that you can only... To love you, okay, it, no, I can't, I'm not going to put words in his mouth, but love thy neighbor as thyself. And as I've experienced life, it does seem that I, on a, uh, it's, it's on a macro perspective as well as a micro perspective, okay? Let's talk about more dimensions of love and how love can expand and how to erase the barriers. 
anything that's a wall or anything that's against or anything that's separated, like it's like a, it's like when Adam, Adam takes a bite, let's say this, Adam takes a bite of his apple, you take a bite of the apple every time we put ourselves into a state of duality. Duality is the state of there is such thing as good and bad, that there is such thing as uh, something over there that's a separation from me. I am not the one. The God is not everything, and everything is not God. So that's a separation from the great commandment, and it's a lack of understanding. So that's, that is where you can identify now. You can diagnose the spots. as When triggers come up, you can diagnose the spots where the lack of love is being shown, where you have bitten into this apple and you have separated yourself from the Garden of Eden from the state of perfection, from the state of perfect love, from the Zion approach or the nirvana state, the Christ consciousness, whatever you want to call it. I'm calling it the, the state of unconditional love and the perfect allowance to, for everything to express itself fully in the way that it does naturally, just like light does, just like nature does, just like God does, just like we have been gifted the opportunity to do. So why don't we do that? So there's macro levels of understandings that occur that that constitute our micro um, functions, really. So if my macro perspective of what God is, so as you, and as you change everything, as you change a micro concept within yourself, you'll see how you just don't align with a macro thing that's falling in your life. And that's how we come, become supposed conspiracy theorists. It's just learning things and then falling out of alignment with the messages being portrayed or rising above and transcending the lower vibrations and, and entering into the higher state of consciousness or vibration, which does not allow these negative things to dictate the way that you think. So you rise above it, I guess, is a weird way. to That's a duality approach to it, but you just sink out of the negativity in as you raise your own personal vibration. So that's a, a, a micro occurrence that changes the macro experience. Now, now going to the allowance of things, allowing things, you, you allow, let's, let's flip the great commandment where you can only love to the level that you love, you, that you love yourself. You can only love others to the level that you love yourself. Others can only love you to the level that they love themselves also. Um, back to, let's see here. So you also tolerate things to the level that you tolerate in yourself. You can tolerate your entire experience going on around you the same way that you tolerate your own personal actions. So if you're extremely lenient and undisciplined when you're with yourself, you will allow other people to be lenient and undisciplined with you. If, if you have problems with communication with other people, it's probably because you are not communicating properly with yourself. You're not listening or you're not talking to yourself in the right way. That goes back to, and that's a reflection on self-talk. It's a reflection on the amount of time that you sit with yourself, just like a child needs a parental figure or just somebody to sit with, which is why they go get friends if the parental, well, friends aren't bad or even a replacement of a parental figure. I shouldn't have worded that way, but people need people to sit with. And 
the best way to put that is just you need you to sit with you. And the communication, if you, as long as you're okay with things that come up, which you should be, because it's just the learning material that's being dished by the ultimate teacher, which is yourself, which is in, in like holding hands with God. It's like you and God are teaching you the lesson that needs to be learned so you can identify where needs to be attended to as the love physician that you are. We are love physicians, doctors of love and light, and that's a medicine. And I'll tell you why. The people who understood the grander scheme of things, God created man in his own image. God created the universe in his own image. The universe is a macro model of man. Man is a micro model of the universe, both models of God. And both operate under the same divine order. All three, I guess you could say. So those who knew, back in the day, there's Pythagoras who knew and really put all of his time into understanding the universe and how the universe worked. And because of that, he could heal. and he, Nope, he could understand the human body. Ptolemy, same thing. Nikola Tesla, same thing. Einstein, same thing. These people, Jesus, same thing. The great Buddhas and spiritual masters, same thing. Whether you're a savant and a, and a person who knows every arithmetic and all those, you know, like Plato and everybody who knows these things, these arts, or whether you're the person who knows spiritual concepts or feels familiar with understanding. It's all the same thing. I'll understand the reflection of the macro being a reflection of the micro. So the bigger scale perspective, you can tell a lot about it and how it functions by understanding the micro. So the bigger picture, the outlook, everything that's out there, you could say, is teaching you something that's going on inside of you. The governments that run above you, whatever you tolerate is teaching you what to tolerate inside of your own body. And if they're accepting and tolerating or feeding you bullshit and you're eating it, you're probably going to feed yourself a bullshit diet and you're going to eat it. Once you stop tolerating bullshit and being fed that, you stop feeding yourself bullshit, like actually. It's a macro perspective that solves a mac micro problem. So it's just another way for you to start, like another way to for you to sit with yourself and analyze what's going on and then zoom, zoom, zoom on out and see what could be going on in the bigger picture, where this is bugging, why it's bugging. And then it as you resolve it on the bigger picture, it will resolve itself in the in the micro which feels like so the like the great people you know they they knew the great people i said but the people who had a fancy for astrology or and the human body and how they all work came to very similar conclusions and it was the magnum opus it's the where the world revolves around and how it functions, and the importance of man. 
And these great people knew that, and I feel like that's why they put up statues and models of of big people. And I think that's actually how um, idolatry settled into the minds of the masses: is people understood these concepts, these mac, the, how the macro affects the micro, and how the micro affects the macro, how your outer world affects the inner world, and how your inner world affects your outer world. So they built these great statues so that you could learn. They were learning tools, and everything was intentional what they were holding in their hands the way that they were holding things and um the way that the body was being portrayed the yet once the understanding of the savants faded away and the stories became muddled i feel like maybe once the purpose and the meaning behind the statues have faded it turned people into just seeing these big things and and remembering or supposedly remembering that their ancestors had a great uh, fancy for the object, so might as well um, support it. And then as things went, as the story went under the table, it was just this big thing to basically worship. And the actual understanding of the connection between man and the universe and the universe and man and man and God and how that and God and the universe and how that works um, just kind of went away. And this is my attempt, our attempt, to rediscover that. We're putting on our hats and we're going into the cave as the light. And we're going to find out the connection between man and the universe and the connection between universe and God. And I feel like the only way to do it is not under um, any form of title as an you know, an excavator, an anthropologist, a spiritual man, none of this, just as a regular-ass dude that's exploring life. Somebody who's learning the limits to being unlimited. And as I do, I hope my love becomes unlimited, and I hope that you get to experience that. And I hope that as my love becomes unlimited, I reflect an unlimited amount of love onto myself. And as I reflect an unlimited amount of love onto myself, I feel as if I'm in the presence of God. And I feel as if I am encompassed by the everlasting light that is. And I feel like I have no boundaries and I have no barriers. And that I'm riding this wave of love. And as I do that, I want to be able, that's not that I want to be able, but I hope that y'all just jump on in here with me. If that's where this is headed. But you know what? Let's go exploring.